the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my Call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Welcome back to Eye on Real Estate. This is Jerry Feeney sitting in for Dottie Herman, who is traveling this week, but she will be back next week. I'm here with my panel of experts, Ace Watana Suparp. Esther Muller and Stephen Gaines, and we're talking real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, uh, which, as Dottie always says, includes just about everything. I love the story uh, of the news about the guy that's collecting uh, deadly snakes from all over the world and bringing them to his home in Connecticut and then shipping them out by FedEx. Can you imagine if this was your neighbor? And by the way, how uh, uncaring about, you know, the poor... FedEx delivery person who's picking up the package, not knowing that there's a, a dangerous, venomous cobra in there. Uh, really, really shocking. Stephen, do you have anybody in your neighborhood that's collecting uh, venomous snakes? Do you know? Well, I have some venomous people in my neighborhood, <laughs> at which I'd love to put them in a FedEx box and uh, yeah, send them somewhere. But no, I. Yeah. It, it's so... Why would you do that? You know, I mean, open up a store, go to a commercial place, and, and uh, it's it's such a frightening thing. I'm particularly afraid of snakes. I'm not afraid of many insects, but that's scary. Yeah, I have a big fear of snakes also. And uh, Stephen lives in the Hamptons, hence the the venomous people. He's absolutely right, are far more dangerous than the venomous snakes. But uh, I guess there's nothing illegal about having them out there. But uh the, We're uh, trying to do that with Jerry. We're trying to make it illegal to have nasty people here. Uh, <laughs> we were thinking about putting a, a toll at uh, on the Shinnecock Canal and charging people fifty bucks to, to get in. By the <laughs> by the way, Jerry Victor it, it, from the Bronx, nasty? Victor from the Bronx. Yes, to, with a nasty test. But you have you have a phone yeah. call. Uh, Victor from the Bronx is is on the line. Yeah, go ahead, Victor. By the way, is it the Bronx or the Bronx? Uh, this is a debate that a lot of people have had. Which it's, is it, Victor? It's the Bronx. Yeah, hello. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah go yes. ahead. Uh, I just want to make a comment about what what the other uh, party said about the Kingsbridge Armory. That's already taken yeah. by uh, developers making it the national uh, tennis uh, 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 ice skating center. I don't know exactly oh, the name, but it's, it's, it's going to be a big... Oh. The whole thing will be an ice skating center, uh, wow. uh, uh, and uh, well, that, that's what. It, uh, but it's being funded really uh, uh, by by the government. Mara Cuomo gave him a maybe a very large loan to get them started because the 
private developers couldn't didn't have enough money, couldn't raise enough money to 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 get uh, enough money to get the lease. Oh, so it's so already Cuomo taken. Them tax dollars or his personal dollars to do it? Uh, 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 no, no, not his uh, uh, tax dollars. He gave them a loan. Yeah, it was a. That was a facetious question, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, nice well, to know the governor. Okay, yeah, I don't remember all the names, loan. but it, 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 the uh, articles about it was in the Norwood News, very good uh, paper. Mm. And, uh, mm. well, I think, uh, you know, homo shelters are fine. I'm in the Bronx, but uh, two things. I think they have to regiment them more. They should be military, more military-like, and, 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 and look at the people who have uh, uh, health problems. Uh, mental health problems, and, uh, you know, I hate to say it, you know, uh, they've been doing this for years in the Bronx. You can't get a, you can't go here and get a hotel or a motel room without, without, without being in, in, in a bad atmosphere. Uh, that's all I have to say. Victor, first of all, well, I want to well, thank you. What, what do you mean about that? You can't get a hotel room without being oh, well, a bad well, actor, in, mean... in the Bronx. If you go to the Bronx, uh, right over here, on uh, the, uh, yes. the, the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, through a hotel, through motels here. Nobody yeah. wants to have, if, if your family comes here and, and for a visit, they don't gonna say, well, go over there, that motel, and, and, and get a room. Because it's, it, 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 it's full of either homeless people or drug people. It's not, it's not. Uh, it, it, it's not uh, I understand your it, point now, yeah. Yeah, you see, uh, 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 and I've been doing that for years, so. I hope the people in Manhattan yeah. would just take a little note for that. He's trying to do that in right. in, in your area, too. Right. I think that uh, – thank you for the call. It's a, I understand your point now, and it's a good one, and thanks for the information. You know, the point about the, the motels, I, I get what he's saying, and let me try to say it this way. The government, when, as they are trying to find places for homeless people, oftentimes uh, revert to a low-cost, uh, more transient type of motels and convert them into homeless shelters. And that's not fair to the neighborhood either, because when the neighborhood uh, agreed to allow a motel to open there, they certainly didn't uh, think it was going to become a homeless shelter. Moreover, it's another ridiculously expensive way to house the homeless. And they don't want to be in a motel either. If you talk to these people and actually ask them, and I have a very good friend who I was vacationing with in, uh, in the Bahamas last week who runs a homeless shelter for the last 25 years, she told me, that if you talk to these people, they don't want to be in a motel. They don't want to be in transit. They don't want to be in temporary housing. They want to be somewhere that they can have stability, that their kids don't have to keep switching schools, and that they can find a laundry facility to clean their clothes and all the basic things that we all take for granted. So I, I think that's a good point that um, Victor was making. And even if the armory is not available, I think the other caller's point is a good one. There's a lot of empty buildings in New York City that could be used uh, more efficiently than this. Um, Esther, did you have a comment on that, by the way? Yeah, I do want to add just a little bit, and that is that, according to my understanding, the reason why the city is choosing so many of the hotels as possibilities is because the hotel business and the vacancies uh, is high, and so it's a way for the ownership of the hotel now to um, to politic with uh, the politicians and to find a way now to not only get market price for their property, but above, above market price. And that's the dilemma. Why should this management company that is going to manage 150 men get $60 million because the hotel owner 
is getting more per square foot by giving it to that management company that's so corrupt and those hotel owners all over the city who are now looking and saying, well, instead of waiting for the vacancy issue to get resolved by selling it, let's rent it out to the city and to the homeless. So that's that's pretty much the problem the hotels are having in New York City. And that's causing... When you start looking at what's behind a lot of these government decisions yeah. when they do silly things with money, uh, it's amazing how many times you find that there's political donors or political friendships behind it. And let's face it, folks, it happens on both sides of the aisle. No one party has any monopoly uh, on corruption, but we all are taxpayers, and we all have to be on the lookout for that. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Before the break, we were talking about the plan of the city to let uh, owners of development rights um, in uh, Midtown sell to um, uh, neighboring buildings. Uh, typically, the, the so-called air rights, which are legally known as development rights, can only be sold to a contiguous unit, meaning if I'm a building and I have the zoning right to go up another 100 feet, I could turn to one of the lots that touches my lot, a contiguous lot, and sell my right to go up to them, and they could then go up higher than they normally could, and that's the so-called sale of air rights. Certain circumstances, the city passes special laws that allow uh, institutions to do this, like the theater district in New York. They allowed the theaters, because the theaters certainly weren't going to be using their development rights to build up. They could sell it to anybody in the neighborhood. You didn't have to be contiguous to the theater. Well, the city's done that now in Midtown, and they've allowed um, buildings in Midtown in a certain area uh, to sell their development rights to any other building in the area. And what it's now allowing is huge sales of development rights. For example, Grand Central Terminal, not Grand Central Station, by the way, the correct name is Grand Central Terminal, has about 700,000 square feet of unused development space that they're going to sell to Chase, who has announced that they're going to knock down their headquarters on Park Avenue and build something even bigger that will accommodate about twice the number of employees in the building. Um, I was wondering what our panel and viewer and listeners thought about Jerry, this idea. Jerry, I have a question for you. So it, they're generally called, uh, you're calling them development rights, which I'm sure is the proper name, but they're generally called air rights. And so people, I, I thought for all this time that these uh, these buildings that were selling the air rights were actually selling the rights to the air above their buildings and that nothing could ever be built there anymore? Is that how it works? Well, that's part of it. For example, there's, there's two reasons why a, a contiguous building might want to acquire somebody's air rights. One reason is that they might want to build up themselves, right? So if I'm in a joining building and I want to go higher and you have unused air rights, I buy your air rights and I build another, you know, 20 feet on top of my building. Another reason, however, that I might want to acquire your air rights is to prevent you from utilizing those air rights in building up higher and blocking uh, my view. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. So I might acquire them even though I don't intend to use them myself in order to block you from building up. So that, oh, that's, that's why they get the terminology air rights. Uh, here's the issue that I have for this. 
Uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral has 1.2 million square feet of air rights. St. Bartholomew's Church has 646,000. Central Synagogue has 155,000. Apparently, the Archdiocese of New York is uh, planning to sell some of their air rights to an owner who's going to take about 30,000 of them. And they're going to make these windfalls. But aren't these tax-free institutions? Hasn't the city been giving these religious institutions uh, exemption on their taxes? So now they get to sell their air rights, even though they haven't been paying taxes on them? There's something that maybe it's just me, but it rubs me the wrong way. What do you guys think about that? Do you think they ought to be able to sell them? Uh, What a great, great dilemma. And I say that because, again, I don't want to point fingers at anyone. But, you know, these religious institutions, some of them in the city, own major, major properties. And it's a great question, Jerry, that I would question those institutions. And you're right. They're all tax-exempt, every single one. And many of these religious institutions own some of the most awesome properties, besides even what you mentioned, the churches and themselves. They own buildings, and they are tax-exempt. And it's questionable. And, you know, I personally, my own personal opinion is um, I'm totally um, in favor of the air rights because we have – the need for space, but what is it going to be utilized for? And is that going to, you know, help the religious institutions to further increase their revenues? Or is this going to help the city from a tax position? I think that whatever we do with those buildings, it should affect us, the tax play- payers in the city, and, and not give favoritism to all of these religious institutions. Yeah. How about if the... Um and, you know, for example, Trinity Church downtown is, I believe, one of the largest, if not the largest, landowner. I've, I've read this. I, I don't know that it's 100% factual, but I've certainly read it in a number of different sources. Um, what about if the churches want to sell, why don't they have to then at least pay the the accrued real estate taxes on those air rights that they haven't been paying over the years? You know, it seems to me you can't double dip. You can't first say I'm a tax-exempt organization woe is me, protect me, but at the same time, let me make $100 million by selling air rights that I haven't been paying taxes on. You know, come on. I I think fair is fair here. Uh, This is not me attacking any religious institution. I just think in general, if it's a nonprofit and they've been enjoying tax-free status and now they're getting a windfall from the city by being able to sell, you know, give some back to the tax base. You're going to get an email on that one, right? Yeah, well, Joe, you know, it's it's no matter what issues you have, no matter what neighborhood you live in, it's a matter of getting involved. If you get involved, find out who's your councilman, your congressman, who feels the way you do, and then you've got to give them the support. And it takes work and effort, and you have to be proactive in your in your feelings and opinions. And you can only make a difference if you get involved. So I expect you, Jerry, to be involved, and let me know what committee I can join. And uh, and see if we can make some changes. Oh, you want me to get involved? Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> don't you um, have time? <laughs> yes, I have a lot of free time, as there, as, as you do too. Uh, we uh, we in real estate are uh, oftentimes asked to serve on boards of co-ops and condos, and in in the ranking of uh, thankless jobs in the world, I think being on a co-op or condo board is is way up there. Uh, have you ever served on a co-op or condo board? Anybody? 
I'm on a co- I'm on a my my own co-op board at 120 Central Park South, and I can tell you that um, it took a lot of time and effort because I was unhappy with some of the issues in my building, and I finally decided to become proactive after living in the building for over 20 years. And that's how I got on the board. And I must tell you, it's made all the difference in the world. And for all of the owners who do own at 120 Central Park South, I'm a board member. And they've been thanking me because as simple as a newsletter now to go out quarterly has made a major difference. People in a building want to know what's going on. What are the plans? And that's the first thing I implemented was a newsletter and I got so many thank yous and now we're implementing uh, and I'm going to give you a great example because I voted on it last week. Uh, There was $46,000 in a budget to put new mirrors in the hallways and I'm totally opposed to $46,000 when we've got to build our reserve fund. Sure enough, we voted against it and we're so thrilled because the new trend is no mirrors in the hallways. And because of my activity and because I believe that it's not just enough to to complain and be unhappy, but get involved, be proactive. I know my building right now, at least for the moment, unless some of you are listening and they want to call in and tell you um, that they're not happy, are happy with the changes that we're making uh, because it's overall good for everyone. Sometimes people on our boards stay too long, they become much too powerful, and they don't think of the entire building. They're only their self-agenda. So I think it's good for fresh blood to come in. I think anyone that's unhappy in their particular community, in area, in building, get involved. It makes a difference. Are there term limits on co-op boards and condo boards in the city? Uh, Some buildings do have. Those changes, I know there's uh, in another condo that I'm also on the board in Georgica Estates right here. Yes, we have terms every two years, every four years, every three years, so that we do make sure that there's a constant fresh. But then there are some buildings in New York City where people have been there for 20 years, 25, 30, and they don't have term limits. And that creates corruption. You know, ultimate power corrupts ultimately. Sometimes it does, and it's not for the overall good of everyone. So it depends on the building. Or you can just, yes. have, the, you can just have the term limits uh, removed like the president of uh, China just did. Uh, I personally would rather have oral surgery without Novocaine than be on a board uh, of a building, but that's just my personal taste. I don't like people calling me at 2 a.m. to tell me, that the hot water is not uh, hot, hot enough. But no, no, no. But if you have a like great that. building, Jerry, <laughs> the managing agent of the building uh-huh. has to be a Nobody great... Nobody knocks on your door. Nobody ever knocks on your door and says, can well, I Well, Brian Cranston is my next-door neighbor, and I wish he would knock on my door, So, um, but no one else oh, has been oh, knocking oh. on my door. Yeah, so Brian Cranston. Oh, my God. Uh, who is that? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. I think he's nominated this year, too, for something, Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah. sure. Brian Cranston is nominated for uh, LBJ, yes. Breaking Bad. Exactly. LBJ. So he's my next door neighbor. He's welcome to knock on my door. And my husband. Well, after, living in, after living in an all-celebrity building, where you have to be a celebrity <laughs> to get in the building, and, and that's why. <laughs> no, said, it's not true. Uh, Don't start rumors. We, it's not true. It's very have, diversified. We have, to, we have to take a break. This is I in Real Estate, and if you want to reach us, you can call us at 866-970-9622, and we'll be back right after, right after the break. 
Eye on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Welcome back. This is Jerry Feeney sitting in for Dottie Herman. This is vacationing. Uh, well, I shouldn't say vacationing. I think she's actually working, but she's traveling, and she couldn't do the show this week. But she'll be back next week at the usual time. I've got my panel of experts, Stephen Gaines, Ace Watana, Sue Parp, and Esther Miller. I've got uh, an article here that I read, which I think is a really unique, interesting idea. I want to get my panel of experts' thoughts on it. There is a fund, a group of investors that is, going to bankroll security insurance. And the idea of security insurance is that instead of a tenant having to pay a full month of security up front when you get an apartment, which is pretty standard uh, in our area, the, the fund will guarantee the damage up to twice the amount of the normal security in exchange for $20 charge a month. So essentially what the fund is saying to the landlord is you don't have to charge the tenant a security They'll pay us $20 a month, and we'll cover twice what the normal security would cover if they damage it and they have to pay uh, out of the security at the end of the, uh, the lease term. That's an interesting concept. I like this idea, the way they're thinking. I'm just wondering what my panel of experts thinks. Ace, you've been a landlord for a long time. Would you, would you take the bait on something like this if you were a landlord? I think I would. You know, I, I think it, it adds on extra security. Um, to your to your deposit, and you know what? Um, if you're renting it out to tenants, um, I think it insures your property even more. So I would definitely do twenty dollars a month. Twenty dollars a month, yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because yeah, Stephen, you would do it because you've well, it, you know, I I, b- I believe that one of the reasons that hold people back from renting is not only that they want you to have six months rent mm-hmm. in the bank or a year's rent in the bank. But you have to give them the first month's rent and then d- deposit, security deposit. It's very, very expensive to add that on in the beginning. And if you can take uh, insurance for that, that'll mm-hmm. guarantee that that money will be paid if you don't pay it uh, for twenty bucks a month. I, I would, I would jump at it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a. They're coming up with all these innovative ideas, which I think are really terrific. And it's, it's a big company that's doing it. Um, the, the, this company says that there's more than $40 billion currently tied up in security deposits across the U.S. It's a lot of money that people are holding on to. Yeah, it's a popular... I'll, I'll, tell you what I would, I'll tell you what I would like to look at the fine print on this. Here are my two concerns. As a lawyer, we're trained to think in the negative, which uh, makes you a good lawyer. It's not so nice to, to live with somebody who's trained to always think in the negative, but... In any event, my negative side of me, when I analyze this, I say to myself, first of all, what happens if the tenant defaults on paying the $20 a month? Does the security company still stand behind their promise to pay twice the security at the end? And second of all, guess what's going to happen, Mr. Landlord Ace and Mr. Landlord Stephen and Ms. Landlord Esther, when you go to this fund with their 35 lawyers who work for them and try to collect out of the security deposit at the end. Take a while guess what's going to happen. Trouble. You're not gonna I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Sam wants to give us an idea. He's from Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Sam, do you want to give us an idea what you think you would do? Well, uh, Daddy, I don't know what I would do, but uh, we tried to block, uh, you know, well, the air rights clause uh, that was taken uh, by the developers in Hell's Kitchen uh, they, uh, the developers uh, agreed not to 
build high-rises on the west side of 8th Avenue, but they would on the east side of Well, it, that didn't work out. They built all over, and the money was supposed to go to little theaters if they uh, profited from it. And I remember, of all people, Jet Bernstein going down to a public hearing at City Hall and crying poorhouse for the theaters. Meanwhile, I, the theaters were over capacity. Uh, and it's just a uh, whoever's going to be in the arena uh, against the air rights. Uh, it, it's just a tough battle, and I don't believe uh, that whatever is said uh, is that that's what's going to come out of it in any benefits because uh, so you're, you're skeptical uh, about, you're skeptical about the city. You're skeptical about the city plan to do it. What do you think about? My idea of saying if the churches are going to sell, or the religious institutions are going to sell, they ought to pay the taxes that they haven't been paying on those unused air rights. Not on the entire building, but just on the unused air rights. What about that? Uh, well, I like to see the churches uh, get some money in their coffers. Uh, they're very deserving of it. Uh, I, I, I just don't know what the trade-off is uh, that... Uh, where the uh, the high rises will go and what it's going to, I just know from out my experience, it's, uh, I, I haven't heard any of the trade off. The trade off in our case was uh, a lot of little theaters were supposed to profit and they wouldn't block the air rights and um, uh, the, the, the light and the air uh, that we can't see the river anymore, but hey, you know, whatever, you know, we go down to the river. But, uh, it's just that they, uh, I don't know what the trade-off is, uh, it's, yeah. but it's, uh, you got to be careful with them uh, because it, you get it, it signed in uh, a double black ink, you know, and, uh, and nailed down, whatever it's uh, uh, we As far as Holy well, Cross, right. uh, they just yeah. lost the yeah. You're right, there, there, always, there always is a trade-off whenever uh, you're talking about zoning, and, you know, city planning. Uh, and your point is a good one, right? So let's think about it this way. Uh, I'm not going to pick on the churches. Let's talk about Grand Central Terminal. So Grand Central Terminal, whoever owns Grand Central Terminal, uh, which I, I believe a, a portfolio of investors owns the air rights that they bought from the city years ago. So these investors are able to now lobby the city to allow them to sell their air rights to anybody in the area rather than just someone contiguous. Right. So so they get this windfall from the city. They sell their air rights to a building 10 blocks away. That building builds up 20 feet, blocks your sleeping view of the river. And now the apartment that you paid two million dollars for is now worth one point nine million dollars. And you lose your view and your taxes are the same as they were before. I think that that is a very compelling argument as to why people ought to pause before we're so quick to allow things like this. That's a very, very good point. Jerry, that's amazing that you can buy air rights one place and then build your building up somewhere else. I, it's you, just... can only, you can only do it with special legislative act of the city council. Uh, and, you know, as the gentleman uh, <clears throat> mentioned, the, the theater district was able to lobby the city to do it. Now the, uh, you know, tax-exempt uh, tax organizations in Midtown uh, we're able to get the city to allow them to transfer normal human beings, people that, you know, aren't buddies with 
the mayor or big political contributors, we can only sell our air rights to buildings that are right next door to us. But uh, people that uh, you know go to those special parties in Gracie Mansion, apparently they get different different uh, benefits. Jerry, uh, you what know, do you I don't think... know. When I first heard... yeah, I'm sorry, ahead. sir. Go ahead. No, no. I, I was I just going to ask you what you plan, thought. Of... I thought it was a good. I'm sorry, Jerry. We can't hear each other. Please go ahead. I'll keep quiet. Yeah, you know, uh, it's just that we've got a delay on the on the on the signal here. I, no, I was saying when I first heard the plan, I thought it was a good one. I, I really did. The this caller has just made me pause a little bit more and rethink this. It made it's not fair to the person whose view is getting blocked. They're not getting anything out of it. So maybe the buildings whose view is getting blocked ought to get some kind of a tax decrease to offset the fact that the developer, the investor that. Grand Central Terminal are getting a windfall from being able to sell uptown. Let's think of the caller's point, I think, is very good. That, that Let's think of everybody who benefits and doesn't benefit from the plan, and let's fairly compensate them. How about that idea? Go ahead, Stephen. I was just going to ask uh, you and everybody what uh, people think of the new skyline of New York with the slender buildings spiking up. I, it, it, I thought of that because if you're allowed to build even taller by buying air rights somewhere, the soon, I mean, the city's already monolithic of, of uh, big buildings, but I think the skyline is changing so rapidly now, um, and I'm not sure I like those slender buildings. How about you, Jerry? I love the slender buildings. I think they're very elegant. Uh, I think that all the buildings in New York should go on a diet and get thinner. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, 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 get, I get your point. I think that, uh, look, the skyline is constantly changing. That's what's one of the things that makes New York an interesting and fun place to live. Um, but, you know, the point is well taken. It's, uh, you know, we've got to look at the aesthetic of not just what the building looks like up close, but from a distance, frankly, the skyline is an important attribute of New York City. No other city in the world has one like it. If you've ever been to, uh, you know, some second-rate city like Chicago, for example, they don't have anything near a skyline like ours, right? They have a nice skyline, yes, Esther, but nothing like ours. Splinter, yeah, Splinter well, I live, on, I live on the park, so I can tell you that uh, Jackie Kennedy was very involved with the shading involved with these tall buildings, and I think she would probably be even more involved if she could see today what's going on, uh, you know, in the park with the shading. And so um, the Conservatory of Central Park is very involved uh, with the developers to try to see what they can do to make sure that it doesn't hurt the park. But my own personal opinion, and it has to do with affordable housing, which affects the entire global world, Every great city with great infrastructure attracts a lot of people, and those tall, slender buildings help in terms of square footage. That's one of the reasons why the trend now is for two bedrooms to hardly even be able to fit a bed. Take a look at some of these slender buildings and the two-bedroom, two-bath apartment. You can hardly fit a, uh, a queen-sized bed in some of these yes, bedrooms. You got, to, you, got to, you got to step outside to change your mind. Esther, we got to take yeah. a break and we'll be right back with Ion Real Estate, 866-970-9622. If you're on the line, hold on, we'll be right back with you. It's
Bob's Eye on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. This is Jerry Feeney. And sitting in for Dottie Herman, who's traveling this week, and we'll be back. It's amazing how time flies uh, when you're having fun. Uh, we're in the last segment of the show. So if you're on the line, uh, hold on. We will try to get to you before the end. And the number, of course, is 866-970-9622. Uh, wanted to talk a bit about temporary walls, which is a big issue. People might not realize it. Uh, New York City, everything, nothing is as simple as as you uh, might think. Temporary walls, new walls. You know, when I came to New York City originally uh, back in the 80s, you would rent an apartment, and there would be five of us, and you'd get in the apartment, you'd put up all these, Temporary walls make little bedrooms out of liver. You remember those days, Esther? When you were just what do you mean? We still do yeah. it. No, it's illegal. You can't do that. You got to have permits to do this stuff. There was a horrible fire a few years ago in the Bronx, where uh, unfortunately and very sadly, a couple of firefighters, uh, New York's bravest people, were uh, lost in the fire. That died in the fire, and it turned out the landlord and the tenant of the building had chopped up the apartment into a maze and rented out illegal rooms. And uh, the uh, the city took action after that, actually prosecuted these individuals uh, uh, criminally for what they had done. But uh, the Department of Buildings has cracked down on this, and rightfully so. We, You know, our firefighters are brave enough. They shouldn't have to risk dying because uh, somebody wants to make an extra $12 by, by chopping it up and renting it out. So before you put up a wall, and I tell people all the time, when I'm teaching the agents that, Esther's Academy for Continuing Education or uh, any of the other schools that I teach at, I always tell the agents, if somebody asks you if you can put a wall up over there, the answer is, I don't know. Let's consult an architect who's an expert, and they'll give you an opinion, and they'll let you know whether you can do it. You get this question a lot, right, when you're out there showing apartments, Esther? Sure, sure, absolutely. And, and of course, some of the points that you might want to talk about is, what you really, you know, you need, whether it's the window or the rooms being too small. Has you want a window to be legal? Is that true? Yes. Well, you know, to call something a bedroom, uh, you certainly have to have a window in it. Um, but the to, to put up a wall, if you try to put up a wall and uh, put up a, a, a door to an alcove and there's no window there, chances are the city's not going to let you do that. And the building will also require you to take it down also. Um Pressurized walls uh, are really not legal in New York City. Uh, there are companies that, that sell versions of that that they say are legal. I would um, be a little bit skeptical about that if I were you. I would make sure that your building management has approved it as well as the Department of Buildings. Truth of the matter, you can't just slap up a wall. But, you know, I have a space like that in my apartment, and what we did instead is we put up sliders, right? So these are semi-transparent you know, kind of sliding doors that uh, collapse and expand as needed. And so this space that has no uh, windows in it is is a large closet. It's not a living area. It's not a place that anyone lives in. Rather, it's a, it's a closet that we use for storage, and that way I can just close the door and close it off. Yeah, that's great. Hey. Uh, by the way, Jerry, I know that yeah. we're in two different places, and our Wi-Fi is a little bit messed up, but there is Dale from Brooklyn, and he wants to talk to you, and he wants to know, can you break a co-op contract? Yeah. Go ahead, Dale. Yeah, hi. So um, <clears throat> I had signed a contract to purchase a co-op. 
But this thing has been going on for months, and partly it was the co-op board, partly it's the seller's attorney who drags his feet and stuff. And then so finally when um, the approval came from the co-op, um, we did the title search and everything to make sure everything was okay and found out there's a lien from the 1980s on the apartment. Well, I'm not going to buy a lien? lien on it. Pardon? All right, what kind of a lien is it? What kind of a lien? Um, I guess it was uh, money that was borrowed or something. But I don't want to buy anything with a lien on it. And I said, you know, no way. You've got to get rid of that. So, of you know, this has did, been going on for like think? a month and a half already waiting. And I just wondered, is there at a point where I can just break it and say this is like dragging on too long? Because, I mean, their attorney says, oh, nobody's come to collect for it, you know, so don't worry. And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> well... Your instincts are a good one. Just because nobody's come to collect for it, don't worry about it. Usually means they're about to come collect for it, worry about it, because they'll do that as soon as you own it. Um, look, there's a couple of things here. First of all, the uh, uh, when did your when did your attorney order the lien search? It's called a lien search, Nicole. When did they order it? Um, right after the um, approval came through. For yeah, the, you so, know, from the co-op board that I was approved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on this deal, right? I'm not one of these attorneys. That's no. <laughs> okay. I, I say that tongue-in-cheek only because yeah, uh, no. <laughs> I, I couldn't comment on it publicly if I was. Uh, but since I'm not, I'll just tell you that um, generally the lien search should be ordered early in the transaction. They're not expensive. They're a couple hundred dollars. And the reason why is for exactly this reason, because there may be something that comes up that nobody was aware of. And let's assume that the seller didn't even realize that this was out there. Uh, and then you can deal with it. Uh, it does take time to clear some of these old liens. The first question is that I would ask the abstract company that did the lien search, is this UCC1, which is the type of lien that you're talking about, is it still valid as a matter of law? Sometimes it'll come up in the search. The lien search company will put it on there. But if you ask them if it's legally enforceable, they'll say, no, it's actually expired and therefore it's, it's not valid, and then, then I would be comfortable proceeding. If it is still valid, but it's old, and the loan has been paid off, the seller's attorney should get from their, from their client evidence that it was paid off, and they, if the client doesn't have that, then go back to the uh, <clears throat> bank that originally issued the loan or whoever succeeded the bank and go to what's called a lien release department, which is a whole fun group of people that all they do is sit there all day and unravel these mysteries. You can imagine. Yeah, that's where they are now the because it was the lien preceded these uh, the sellers. The sellers bought this apartment with a lien on it. Well, okay, there's a good piece of evidence. So that, as I unravel this mystery, tells me to do the following: Did the seller's attorney represent them when they bought? Do you know? Yes. Yes. They, he did. Okay. Okay. Well, that seller's attorney then should look in the seller's attorney's file and get the UCC-3, which is the termination of that lien, that was produced at that closing. Because if you're seeing it now, then certainly several years ago when the seller bought it, they would have also seen it, and therefore a prudent attorney there would have gotten it. And certainly if they financed it, their bank would have gotten it, would have been proof that the lien was going to be discharged, which is called a UCC-3, and then you can just take that document file it with the city, and the lien goes away. So that's how to handle that one. I wouldn't give yeah, up. Yeah, they didn't have that document. <clears throat> so the they missed it they when they bought it? They never had proof that it was paid. They didn't have the UTC well, fee or so, whatever it's called. But how did they deal with it when they bought it? Because uh, they paid cash, I guess. 
so they never well, had yeah, to go so to bank for mortgage leave. or anything. Can I just chime in for so a minute, Dell? So uh, the, attorney, and, the attorney missed it, is what it sounds like. They might have missed it when they bought it. Go ahead, Esther. Right. Yeah, I have a similar situation right now in a deal where the buyer, uh, the buyers are um, in contract as well, and they found out that there is a um, a bathtub in the basement that there are no proofs that the C of O and that it's legal. So uh, after some further investigation, found that the same attorney who was involved in the sellers purchasing it missed this um, bathtub that was illegal, and now the buyer wants to back out. And the question became, can the buyer back out when, you know, there is a, 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 a an illegal situation here? And the answer that I was given was absolutely yes. So I'm not sure about the answer I can give you, and Jerry's better off knowing, but I would imagine if there is some... You know, if there's a lien and the complication, do you have a broker involved, Dell? Is there a broker involved in this? No, they have a broker. Um, I have a lawyer. You have a lawyer. Are you the, you're the buyer without a broker. Yeah. Who's representing you? Uh, a lawyer. A lawyer was. Yeah. You found the apartment yourself. Yes. 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 All right. Well, you know what? It's it's great to have an attorney. We love attorneys, right, Jerry? But we also like to have brokers because I don't, I don't there's a they're supposed to do the due diligence, you know. Yeah, the if, bathtub. The bathtub's a slightly different issue, um, but it's a it's a it's a good analogy. The, the the answer here is if the seller can can terminate the lien, then you can't get out of it. If they can't or okay. refuse to, then certainly you could or you could force them to. Uh, let me ask you, Esther, the bathtub, and thanks for the call. It was a good one, and good luck with it. Um, Esther, the bathtub issue. How on earth was the attorney supposed to know if there was a bathtub? In the in the uh, basement. Um, that's a good question. So let me just think. From <laughs> was it a no, working bathtub? No, yeah, it's a working bathtub. It's in the basement. Why is that illegal to have a bathtub in the basement? Well, there's oh, no. You, almost never. They legal, don't have it on the blueprints. Yeah, and they don't have it on the blueprints, yeah. and and they yeah. they missed it. Yeah, and the attorney somehow missed it. How was he supposed to know? So now the question is: So who is really responsible? We're talking about, you know, from a $2 million potential apartment, it could be worth $1 million. And the people who yeah, bought well, it... Well, or certainly, you know, something less than that. But, you know, this is the reason why you got to really hire experienced people, both agents, you know, and uh, and attorneys. It doesn't mean they have to be in the business 30 years, but they got to be professionals and experts and people who are really engaged in their profession. Uh, I have learned over the years that when dealing with a house, particularly in Long Island, you go floor by floor from the lowest one up to the top one, and you ask your buyer, what's on every floor? I want to know, is there a bathtub? Is there a kitchen? Is there this? Is there that? If my client tells me that there's a toilet facility and a bathtub in the basement or in the cellar, and I ask them, uh, uh, is this below grade? And they say yes, chances are, there was no permit for that, and it's illegal. And now when I go to get financing, Ace, what's the bank going to say about that when the appraiser comes back and says there's an illegal bathroom in the basement? How's the bank going to feel about this, that? This That's is not legal Great aid. advice. That's Great a dirty advice. Great advice, Jerry. Great advice. <laughs> Great advice as the music comes on. Good luck with the Oscars tomorrow, Jerry. There's I think you're going to get it. 
Yeah, I, I know. I have a good feeling, too. Watch my acceptance speech, yeah. Uh, we'll um, be back next week with Dottie here. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.